It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Joey Medor. Welcome to the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Happy Friday. On this March 18, 2022, 6.06 on the clock. A full hour show for you this afternoon. Joy Medor alongside Andrew Allison. Andrew, how are you doing? You survived the uh, the first day of March Madness, as did I. My bracket, however, which we'll get into a little bit later on, I think lasted about eight hours because I had Kentucky winning the whole thing, and uh, they lost to St. Peter's in overtime. So, And that's why I hate filling out brackets. <laughs> I'm dead. Day one, I'm dead. No, there's no even reason to watch anymore. If it makes you feel any better, last year mine also ended on a 15-2 upset. You but picked Ohio State to win the whole thing last year. Well, I, I that's got that had to be a hard pick. It was very hard to sell, but it, it was one of those where I sat there and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I think they could beat this team. Yeah, I think they could beat this team. And it was obviously it was a little biased. And then all of a sudden, sudden I was looking at it and I was like, man, I got them in the final four. I can't. I mean, at this point, as a fan, how do you have them in the final four and then just not put them? In the championship game. I don't think I had them winning at all, but I think it did have them in the championship game. I just, I mean, you could have just had one bracket that was your foolish Ohio State pick and then made like a real one. That's normally what I do, but I don't think that's what I did last year. We I had Ohio winning it in one last year. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that would have made sense, but I, no, I just, I, I, that's normally what I do, but I don't think I did that last year. Um, but I think this year I only had Kentucky going to the Sweet 16. I think I had them losing in the Elite Eight. I mean, it, whatever they would have had to play UCLA is when I had them losing. I think that would have had to have been the Elite Eight. So I had them in the Elite Eight. So I'm not terribly off, but it did hurt my bracket a little bit, but may have put it to where I finished higher than you in our bracket. I mean, I had a pretty good day outside of that. Gambling-wise, I went 5-2. and two. So at the end of the day, I mean, that's real money. So True. True. It's not the, what did we do, $5? I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I just saw to submit it, and I did. But, um... Yeah, bracket dead. I mean, I guess I could still get a lot of points depending on if my other teams continue to advance, but who cares? Who is your other championship team? Uh, Kansas. They they dominate. They beat the bad team they were supposed to last night, so that was good. Everybody else, I mean, all like the ones and twos handled their business. Uh, there was a few ups, few, few upsets mixed in there, of course, that we'll get into in a little bit. But like I said, five and two gambling yesterday. I had the Spiders. I had New Mexico State. Um had Murray State late, and then the, I had Michigan. I picked a lot of underdogs yesterday. Um, today, had a 1-0 start in gambling in a game that uh, I tried to tell Andrew back on Monday, Tuesday. I wasn't having it. I tried to tell you that the, that the Buckeyes would knock off Loyola Chicago. It, it was just it was that same with South Dakota State. There's always one or two underdogs that all the gambling experts and wise guys, they think they know it all. Some people had like San Diego State, or excuse me, uh, South Dakota State, Going to the Sweet 16, they lose to Providence by nine in the first round. It was the same thing with Loyola Chicago. They're the hot pick because they made a run a couple years ago, and everybody thinks they know everything. Two of them. Yeah. I mean, they made a Sweet 16 last year. Um, obviously knocked off Illinois, I believe, was it? Yes, it was Illinois. Yeah, so they made a bit of a run. But they couldn't knock off a seventh seed in Ohio State this year. And we mentioned a big factor for Ohio State would be getting Kyle Young and Zeb Key back. They both played. Uh you know, they didn't have great impacts on the scoreboard, but Kyle Young, he snagged seven rebounds, uh, really did a good job facilitating the offense. Zeb Key the same. Ohio State was great 
on the defensive end in that game. They held Loyola Chicago to 26% from the field, 15 of 56. Ohio State wasn't great on offense either offensively, but they went at 54-41, comfortable 13-point win. No, I don't know, Andrew, I don't think it ever got closer than like eight points in the second half. Ohio State was pretty much in control the entire way. It was the first time since the 1960s they've won a tournament game without scoring 60 or more points. And in the nature of the beast of the March Madness, it's just survive in advance. So it doesn't matter how pretty or ugly it is. As long as you win, that's all that matters. And it was good to see those two guys get back. And that will set up a, a matchup with Villanova for Ohio State on Sunday. Yeah, so, yeah. released the time yet for that one either. But Loyola just couldn't get it going. They even took 13 more shots than Ohio State. I think if you told uh, you know, Denzel Valentine before the game if – you were able to hold Ohio State to 51. Loyola probably would have felt pretty good about their chances, but they just could not find any offense. 8 of 28 from behind the arc. Ohio State only made one three themselves, but again, it didn't matter. They outreated out of them, one by 10, uh, kept the, the turnovers not down. Both teams turned the ball over a lot. Yeah, it was a, uh, we'll call it a defensive slugfest, or maybe yeah. just poor offensive praise showing the, from praise these the sides. Defense. Yeah, never, never. It's never the offense. Yeah, you, ne- you never. It's never the offense. Locking down on defense. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, I honestly, I, I thought, I didn't think, I didn't know if they'd have Kyle Young or Zed Key back, but th- they did, and I, I still wasn't even sure how they were going to end up playing coming off of an injury. I mean, Kyle Young was coming off his ten ten million concussion for his college career. And you want to talk about a guy that you want to make fun of me for being in college forever. It seems like that guy's been here for like 10 years, Kyle yeah. Young. Tournament time, it's always like that. Because yeah. you know, like uh, Rutgers was playing the other night against, uh, was it Notre Dame, that crazy double overtime game? Yeah. I swear to God, I remember watching like Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker playing in like 2013. <laughs> it really does feel I, like I it. swear. I like, I, you know, obviously. I follow the Terps a little bit, so I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. And I, as do most people do, it's one of the you know better conferences, quote-unquote, in college basketball. But, my God, I, I swear to God, those guys are playing against, I don't even know who, maybe Denzel Valentine for, <laughs> in, really? in the Big Ten, Michigan State, uh, back in the day. But they're done. But anyway, yeah, it, it does always seem like that tournament time comes around. You see these guys like, I swear, this is the eighth NCAA tournament this guy's played in. It, it does feel like that, and it feels like that with Kyle Young. But today he stepped up big. He was kind of, kind of the glue for the Ohio State squad. He made some key plays to kind of help push Ohio State or push the lead for Ohio State. And Joey, I, I can't remember if I texted you this or if I texted someone else this. When Ohio State got up nine, like two minutes left in the first half, I was like, this may be an insurmountable lead yeah, felt in over, this game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because at the time Loyola Chicago had eighteen points, and I was like, they would have to score half of what they've already scored once again yeah to close the deficit i think the thought going to halftime was maybe like i think it was only five at halftime they got, yeah they, they got down in, they got a couple buckets yeah they and hit it a was three like, and they got a foul shot it's like man ohio state's really struggling offense if loyola excuse me if loyola could find a way to get hot it, it just feels like you know ohio state won't be able to have the offense but it just never came from loyola and ohio state played great defense all around i mean they forced 14 turnovers um, obviously, they rebounded the ball great. They had 13 more offensive rebounds than Loyola, or defense rebounds, excuse me, than Loyola. But at the end of the day, I mean, Loyola was missing some open shots <laughs> from behind the arc, and they just couldn't couldn't get. Re- and, and you know, 
you know, the Missouri Valley Conference is one of those conferences that ends a little bit early than, than some of the other ones. So maybe, you know, that hot streak they had wore off a bit. You know, they a had a lot, rust versus lot of time rust. off. Yeah, I mean, it could, you could spin it the other way, right? Say, well, they, they were the fresher team because they didn't have to play as many games. But also Ohio State got bounced from the Big Ten tournament early. So they had just right. probably about the same amount of time to, as off. So I believe so. Uh, sometimes it's playing another gym. I mean, playing at noon for one thing. How often does the team play yeah. at noon throughout the year? Yeah, not very many, not very often. Maybe during winter break. Yeah, but even so, normally don't put them at noon. Maybe like one or two. Yeah, I mean, playing at noon, you know, in a different gym, probably not as packed. You know, not not a lot of your fans there. I don't think a lot of people from Chicago are making the trip to to Pittsburgh for a noon game. It didn't look like a packed gym there. No, it did not at all. I mean, obviously you're going to get your Ohio State fans. They have alumni all across the country, but. I mean, if you had the under in this game, you were happy. You never had a sweat whatsoever. No, it didn't even break 100, right? No. Not, yeah. I don't know what the total was. I bet I would guess probably like the 130 range. Yeah, probably around there. But it, it, like you said, it felt like, honestly, for either side, it felt like, okay, a run is going to come here where they're just going to start draining threes. And, and it, like you said, it, it never happened. Loyola Chicago just ate threes all game. And that was over half of their shots. They're half of their made field goals. They had uh, 15 made field goals. That was it. So it, I think... I mean, how hard is it to take 13 more shots by... from? How hard is it to take 13 more shots another team and lose by double digits? Oh, that's got to be super... I mean, I guess if you're missing them like they were, I think it obviously equals out. Right. But, <laughs> I mean, it took 13 more shots and made three less field goals. I'm pretty sure, like you said, if you would have told Sister Jean <laughs> that... Ohio State would have 54 points. Loyola Chicago would shoot 13 more times than them. They probably would have thought they won by 20 or 30. It would have been just absurd to hear that stat going into the game and found out you get bounced in the first round. But And this was, uh, this was their last game as a Missouri Valley Conference team, right? They're going to the A-10 after this? My, yeah, I think that's right. Or at least the, I think they're going at some point in time. I think it's next season. So they, they are kind of stepping up into a bigger conference. So I don't think we're going to see the end of Loyola Chicago either. I don't think they're going to go back down. No, well, I mean, they're playing a tougher conference. All right. So it's a lot easier to get beat in the A-10 tournament than the Missouri Valley. I mean, Missouri Valley, they usually have, I don't know, Drake's been solid the past few years. Um Bradley's an okay team, but they, they ran them out of the building in the tournament. I don't know. It's going to be tougher. A-10 got, what, two teams in this year? It was uh, um, Richmond. Richmond and Davidson. Davidson, yeah. A couple more were on the bubble, like VCU and Dayton. Dayton, yeah. Dayton losing, somehow blew that game to Richmond. Imagine if Dayton doesn't blow, like, a 12-point lead to Richmond in five minutes. Yeah, it was. It I bet was, you Iowa's a little happier. <laughs> yeah, Iowa probably is a little happier because, I, I mean, you're not facing, you said it, you compared Richmond to OU last year. I did. They were hot. They were a team that could upset you. They, they made some big comebacks in the tournament. And honestly, I kind of wanted to take Richmond, but I had already spite-picked against Michigan <laughs> and Juwan Howard, so I really didn't want to do two spite-picks, but I made the, wrong, made the wrong choice. Yeah, I don't like Fran McCaffrey too much. Yeah, there's just something about him. I haven't heard It's good the same here. old song and dance with Iowa. I mean, they don't usually win the Big Ten, to be fair to them. Also, like, that was kind of different this year, but really, they, they were underwhelming. It, it feels like, to transition away again, Ohio State was the winner yet today. 54-41, I'm sure you might have listened to it right here on 970-WATH. Um, good win for them. They play Villanova on Sunday. We'll get the time at some point, hopefully during the show, and 
share that with everybody listening. But it just feels like in March Madness, it was a good amount of upsets yesterday. I mean, a 15 beat a 2, uh, a couple 12s moved on, uh, New Mexico State, as well as Richmond. Um, am I missing anyone? I mean, obviously Michigan was an 11 seed. They're moving um, on. Akron gave UCLA a good fight. A, a scare, really. I think the final score was 57-53. Yeah, and I think it came down to making foul shots at the I mean, end. I think Akron had like an eight-point lead with four minutes left or something. It really looked like they were about to pull it off. Yeah, they really uh, almost blew it. I mean, Notre Dame's up on Alabama by 10 right now. So some good upsets in the tournament so far. And with these upsets, Andrew, it just feels like every year, year in and year out, the common denominator is they're always like, they're always close games in the first half. Like, I don't think a, a lower seed ever comes out and just blitzes the higher seed in the first half. I'm sure it's happened, but it does, really does, usually doesn't. They're usually close games tied at halftime. And I just think, like, in the first couple minutes of the second half, as opposed to the first half, opposed to the first half, you could tell the smaller team, you're usually a little nervous. They're on edge. Oh, we're playing Kentucky or we're playing, you know, a school we would never dream about playing when we signed to come here. So they're a little nervous. And then once they get to halftime, they're in the locker room. It's like, oh. They're literally a basketball team, just like us. And we could go out and beat them. I, I, I just think that belief just builds and builds up to the, throughout halftime. And then you see these teams come out and control the entire second half. Richmond, besides Iowa, went on a, 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 an 8-0 run at one point in the start of the second half. Richmond controlled the entire second half. New Mexico State was beating UConn the entire game, wire to wire. They never trailed. Yeah, I, I think... St. Peter's went to overtime. You know how many times the lower seed gets to overtime? It's like, man, we had our shot in regulation, couldn't get there. No, they went to overtime and still beat Kentucky. Right. I think the uh, UConn maybe made it close at the end. I think they got it down to, like, one possession when they made a run. But like you said, New Mexico State just led from beginning to end. But They were up 10 at halftime. Go back to when UMBC beat Virginia. It, it kind of like your point. He said... They let us hang around at halftime, and I told the I think told it was the a guys, I think it was a tie game at halftime. Yeah, he's like that game. I told him, told the kids, I was like, hey, we we played their game, and now we're tied. We're gonna go out in the second half and play our game. Yeah, and, then and they, they ended up shot him out. And they shot a million threes and won by twenty. Yeah, it was it, the longer you let those teams hang around and get belief, the more in trouble you are, because they they can just get one one bounce. That's all they need. One bounce to take the lead. Same with Kentucky this year. Same with Ohio State and Oral Roberts last year. You let them hang around, you're going to pay. Don't give them confidence. Yeah, absolutely. That's the last thing you want to give one of these teams because at the end of the day, they're, they're the, all the field for a reason. There's another upset that might be happening. Notre Dame's up by 10 on Alabama. After their crazy game last night, Andrew, you would have thought the legs might have been a little tired. They had to fly all the way out to San Diego from Dayton. I'm not sure where they would have flew, flown out of. They probably thrown out of Cincinnati. Probably thrown out of Cincinnati or Columbus. Columbus. I'm not too familiar with the airports around here. But anyway, they have a crazy double overtime win, and now they're here against Alabama, winning in the first round. Yeah, like you and I were talking before the game. Their last game technically ended yesterday. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it, it, it was like 12:05 on the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So, I mean, you would have thought I would have thought Alabama, yeah, would have run away with this game because of the tired legs. Maybe Notre Dame maybe got an early lead and was just trying to hold on to it towards the end. But, no, I would have thought Alabama would have blown them out. It seems like Notre Dame just keep getting stronger and stronger as the game goes on, though. Mike Bryce said he's going to have some Irish whiskey on the plane over. Well, maybe, maybe that was the luck. Must have allowed him to put his thinking cap on and came up with some ways to stop Alabama. Yeah, came up with a great game plan. 
Irish whiskey, the uh, the now official drink of coaches. So, yeah, my bracket's busted out of Kentucky. Congrats to St. Peter's, though. Like I said, I'm not too mad at a good day gambling. Not off to a great start today. I mean, Ohio State won, but I had USC. They lost. I have Virginia currently. They're down by 10, so they're going to go on quite a run. Let's focus in on Villanova. It's a team Ohio State's going to have to play. They won 80-60 over the 15 seed. Out of the CAA, the Delaware Blue Hens. Delaware had a bit of a lead early, but uh, Villanova, the Big East champions, eventually just showed you why they're one of the best teams in basketball. Year in, year out, shot 50% from the floor, 46% from behind the arc. Uh, they pretty much did everything fundamentally that they had to, except they turned the ball over 11 times. But, Andrew, it's doesn't appear to be a game where Ohio State's going to be able to get away with scoring under 60 points and pulling off a victory. Now, whether it didn't matter if they were playing Villanova or they were playing Delaware, they were going to have to make some shots the next game, and you knew that. Now, So the question is, I mean, I don't think they can go one for like 15, I think it was 15, from beyond the arc like they did this game, and I don't expect them to. But you're going to have to have your defense continue to play great, I also don't think you're going to hold a team to 41 points, but if you can get if you can get Nova into the 60s, the the 60s, maybe really low 70s, I think you've got yourself a shot if you're Ohio State. And obviously, I mean it's March Madness. Of course, you got a shot anytime you step on the court. But this was a team. This Ohio State team is a team where it's almost like they can go and beat anyone. And they can go and lose to anyone. And now that they're fully healthy, it's kind of like, well, now now it's really apparent. If they're fully healthy, they can beat anyone. But Nova, really good team. I mean, they're the two seed for a reason. Jay Wright's, I mean, I think he's already a Hall of Fame coach. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't have to wait in college basketball. Mm-hmm. So, rightfully so. He's been here before where, I mean, Holtman is going up against a bigger, a better team. He, he's made it to the second round before, yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't have nearly the experience Jay Wright does. No, absolutely. Jay Wright, they went back-to-back national titles a few years back. One of the years they beat almost everybody by double digits. They literally ran through everybody. Yeah, I think they're not quite that talented of a team this year. but No, they're not. But Still very good, number two seed. Um, got hot at the right time towards the end of the year. Very efficient offense, shoot the three ball well. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Ohio State. Um but we'll see. I mean, once you get in this dance, and if they're able to play and keep up the defensive intensity they had, they're going to be able to hang around in any game at least. It just comes down to you can't go 1-16 to from 3 again because Nova's going to hit their three-pointers unlike Loyola Chicago did. So you're going to have to equalize that out somehow. And, you know, you're going to have to find some scoring consistently. Uh, Liddell, you know, he had the best offensive performance today. But, again, I don't think you're scoring under 60 points and beating Villanova on Sunday. No, I don't think so, and it's kind of, for Ohio State, you have to find someone to go. You need the offensive production from Kyle Young or Zed Key like you had today where when Kyle Young started going, that's when uh, Loyola Chicago had to stop like double-teaming Liddell every time he touched the ball, and then it allowed Liddell to get going. That's what you're going to need. And, and you got to look and you look for where Delaware, they kept it, what did we say, probably would have equaled out to about a quarter and a half, probably 15 minutes of the game they kept it close. They were up by seven halfway through the first quarter, and they were down 10 going into the locker room. So 
Yeah. Ronald Vicari kicked it in the gear. That's, I mean, that's a 17-point swing in just one half. But Right. So you got to be, A, encouraged the fact that they let Delaware a 15 seed hang around. And, and you got to try to build on that. But you got to rec- uh, learn from Delaware's mistakes of where, I don't even know if it's mistakes, but just look at how, like that's you said, Villanova team. kicked it into gear. They're just not as talented. Right. The, the, the cream finally rose to the top there right before halftime. You want to feel a little old? Jameer Nelson Jr. plays for the Delaware Blue Hens. Yeah, I saw that. He was sitting in the, uh, they had Jameer Nelson sitting in the stands. I was like, man, I, I remember when he was playing in the NBA. He was with the Magic for a while, right? Yep, yep. See, I handicapped on, the, on Delaware's conference CAA. A pretty good amount this year. So, you know, I, I was aware of a lot of players and teams. And, I mean, one of my favorite teams to bet on, UNC Wilmington played for, uh, it was in the CAA. Delaware beat them in the conference championship, but. Yeah, All of them are out now. Villanova will take on the Ohio State Buckeyes on Sunday. Still not sh- quite sure what the time is, but, of course, the call will be right here on 970 WATH. we got to get to a break. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on the other side. Deshaun Watson finally lands that trade to the Cleveland Browns. Interesting. Huge domino being dropped in the division of the AFC North now. We'll talk about it on the other side. Of this break, this is Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, JK Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at JK be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget, they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the sports fans starting at 6.06 and stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You are listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Broke a few hours ago. Really blew up the football world, especially Twitter. The Cleveland Browns, after, you know, you heard the rumors earlier this week about, you know, meeting with Deshaun Watson. Then it was Deshaun didn't want to waive his trade clause to go to Cleveland. Then Ian Rappaport reported it earlier today that, in fact, he did. And then the move was sent through that Deshaun Watson has been traded to the Cleveland Browns. Three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. And the Browns are also getting a fifth-round pick in return. No players going back to Houston. Which is huge. Which I think some people thought was a bit of a surprise. But, I mean, three first-rounders, that's a lot of draft capital, obviously. 
Uh, they may not be the best draft picks because you just traded a potential top 10, top 5 type quarterback to a team. So we'll see how that all pans out. But Andrew, as a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan yourself, I mean, this move, you got to be you got to be feeling giddy. I mean, it was starting to look like Baker would be the guy for another year, but it, it's been a whole saga all week, but it ends with the Browns landing to Sean Watson. Crazy. What a what a I mean, what a division of quarterbacks now with Lamar and Deshaun and and Joe Burrow obviously and well, Mitch Trubisky, the best of them all up there in Pittsburgh now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it really took the division from a two-team race to kind of a three-team race once again. In my opinion, I, I was sitting there in my uh, apartment, and my roommate, who is the editor, sports editor for the Post, Jack Leckler, another Cleveland Browns fan, walked in. And as soon as he walked in is when I got the text. I looked at him, I said, we just got Watson. And then we were screaming in the apartment, which, I mean, all right, so here's there's two things. A, morally... Yeah, this is a this is a big moral question mark here for the Cleveland Browns. They have a lot of questions they have to answer. How they did their investigation, how they chose to what what they decided was enough to set the allegations aside. That's a big thing that they need to answer as well. On the field, massive upgrade, absolutely massive upgrade, and I think a lot of people are excited. I feel like the players have to be excited. I mean, Amari Cooper, you just went from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson. Now, we also haven't seen Deshaun Watson play in a year, but I'm expecting him to come back and kind of play like he was before. That doesn't seem unreasonable, right? He's still young. Yeah. He's 20s. I think he's, what, 25, 26? Yeah, I think he's all, they're all under 26. Everyone in, or the three quarterbacks and the main quarterbacks in the division, Jackson, Burrow, and now Watson. Yeah. So, yeah, he's 26. Uh, yeah. He'll be 27 in September. All right, so he'll be 27 by the time the season really gets going. You also now have to wonder, you also have to sign a good backup because how much will Watson be suspended by the league or will he be suspended by the league? So there's that as well. You did give up a bunch of money. You gave up a decent haul with three, like you said, three first, a third, and a fourth. But here's something I just saw on Twitter during the break, Joey. So the Browns gave up three first, a third, and a fourth for Watson. The 49ers traded three firsts and a third for Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of, doesn't seem like it's that much when you recognize that the 49ers gave that up for Trey Lance. No, not at all. Um, I think it's a great move. I think you saw what, what Baker was. I think when everything's going perfect, he's still only an okay quarterback. So, and obviously everything hasn't gone perfect most of the years he's been in the league with Cleveland. And you saw the worst of him. His best year was his rookie year where he played half the season. I mean, let that sink in. His rookie year was three years ago now? Four years ago? Four years ago. He's on his fifth year. He's in his last year of his rookie deal. So, I mean, that's a big enough sample size to know what you're getting in a guy. I mean, in that 2019 playoff season, was it it 2020 playoff season? Yeah, 2020. He was extremely well throwing the ball in play action. But most of the games they were winning – and putting up big numbers, he was throwing the ball 15 to 18 times. Right. And that's the way the offense was built was that if you had a competent quarterback, you were going to be fine. And that's what they did in that 2019. Baker they was could run the ball, They could run the ball over people. Yeah, sorry, 2020. Baker was competent. And then in 2021, last year, he. I mean, granted, he was injured, but how much the injury affected being his non-shoulder, it probably affected it some, but Baker was not competent. 
And then you kind of had the stuff come out with the after they started looking into the Sean stuff and Baker basically said, I'm done. I don't want to play for someone that doesn't want me pretty much after less than 24 hours of the trade speculation. I think that kind of sealed the deal no matter what, whether they got Watson, which it didn't look like they were going to for very long, that Baker was done. Yeah. When I thought, when this happened, and I I should have texted him, but I merely thought of Connor Mills because we literally had a debate on the show after the 2020 season of, because remember, there were the trade for Deshaun rumors going on that year. And obviously, because, you know, that was the whole big talk of the offseason. Deshaun was getting traded. Obviously, he had all his off-the-field situation that came up, which is still... Still a factor here, by yes, the way. He's still, still in civil court with all that. Oh well, no, that got that got dismissed. All the civil, the civil court did. Or no, no, I'm sorry, the civil not, court did not. But to say, I'm he, sorry, he got acquitted of criminal charges. Criminal he's going charges, to civil. Yes, court. Civil court is still in play. My bad. Yes, which obviously the NFLs had to deal with. You know, suspending a guy for two games and Ray Rice one time, and then the video of what actually happened got leaked, and he never got to play again. Granted, Ray Rice's career was pretty much done at that point. It was a big factor of why he never got to play again. But um, so there's still that looming. So I think he's going to get some kind of suspension following the, the civil cases. And so obviously that will play a factor. So you need to have a backup that's ready to go. But we literally had, me and Connor had a debate of, after that 2020 year, if you would trade and get Deshaun over Baker. And I said, absolutely, he's a better quarterback. He'd make your team better instantly. If you're, that's on your radar, why'd you not do it? And Connor brought up all the stuff about, well, the team chemistry, he just led you to the playoffs. I said, no. No, he didn't. <laughs> he was the quarterback, but he didn't lead him. He wasn't the leader. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they had great players on the outside. Miles Garrett, beast off the edge. That's what got him to, that's what got him to the playoffs. Very much so. And, and they came in third in the division that year. And I said, get Deshaun Watson if you can. And now, fast forward... I mean, it was probably right around this time last year. He actually is on the team. It's a uh, funny thing about it. I'm not a, you know, a Browns fans get on my nerves. So Thanks. I, I, yeah, I have kind of a, you know, they, they're not my favorite team in the league. Had, they were nothing to me before I moved to Ohio. But I do like this move because I can't stand when organizations sit on their hands with a terrible quarterback and a good roster. Tennessee Titans. The Titans, the Colts. There's teams around the league that do it. The Titans have one of the best running backs in football, a really good defense. They have A.J. Brown, a Julio Jones, all these weapons, and they settle for, you know, crappy Ryan Tannehill at quarterback instead of making a move for Deshaun Watson or for a Matt Stafford who just won the Super Bowl that the Rams traded for to get. You see what I'm saying here? These teams, Peyton Manning, the Broncos needed a quarterback. They went outside Peyton Manning. They won a Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They needed a quarterback. They just had Jameis Winston who threw 30 interceptions the year before. They go get Tom Brady. They win the Super Bowl. When teams go and get these veteran guys and make upgrades and not just sit on their hands saying, we have a really talented roster. Maybe we, we think the quarterback's just good enough to win us 9 to 10 games and get us a wild card spot. And then, hey, if we get a wild card spot, we're in the dance. We have a shot. No. The Titans don't have a shot to win the Super Bowl any year as long as Ryan Tannehill's a quarterback. The Browns didn't have a shot to win the Super Bowl any year as long as Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. They saw it. Props to, it. Props to Barry and everybody in the front office making the move. Again, we still have to wait and see. He still has a lot to get through. I was really confused. I think Adam Schefter must have been paid to make that whole tweet about 
the truth has finally come out and all yeah, that other that stuff. Was, that was very odd. It was not a good tweet on Adam Schefter's <laughs> like, part. No, the truth hasn't come out. He just doesn't face a criminal charge. Right. Everybody who's accusing him will still get heard out in a court of law. Exactly. And that's why. So we'll see what happens. That's the risk with it. I mean, obviously, at his best, I mean, the last season he played football, the team was bad, but he almost threw for 5,000 yards. He threw 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Exactly. That's an outstanding season. The team around him wasn't very good. And he's had multiple 4,000-yard passing seasons. He was leading the Texans to playoff runs with Bill O'Brien at head coach for a couple years there. And that was him being the star. Yep. He's not going to be the – well, he may be. I don't know how they'll redo the offense, but I'd still have to think that the center of the offense would be one Nicholas Chubb. Yeah, but it opens up a lot more you can do now with him. I mean, you got to factor in the quarterback run game as well, too. People forget about that in this game. Right. And I don't think you have to, because now, let's be honest, the Browns' only passing offense was bootleg rollouts on play action. Mm. That's all they did. That's all they could do. Now you don't necessarily have to do that. I mean, Deshaun can sit back there and throw with the best of them. And I think, like you said, uh, Baker Mayfield was never taking you to the promised land. Can Deshaun Watson take you to the promised land? I don't know, but he's got a better shot, I believe, than what Baker could have done for the Browns. And like, like you said, at this point, this season, it's going to be key to get a good backup. Maybe you try to bring Case Keenum back in because I guarantee he's going to get suspended. But the people that are like, you know, he may never play again like Ray Rice, I have some really bad news for you. The NFL, honestly, the teams don't care what you do off the field. Now, there's some things they do, but if you are good enough, you will find yourself back on a team. Ray I mean, Rice was not good enough. Look, at look the in time. the same division. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger played for years and years. He, right. he settled out in in civil court. Also, I did. I don't. Did, I don't know if you saw it, but someone did tweet out. Uh, no, it was a Browns have, we don't fan. have to get into that. We don't have to get into. Where uh, I was, saw, I know the tweet you're talking about. We don't have to get into. Deleting all the yeah. But, but yeah, look at the same team. I mean, Kareem Hunt has his history. Right. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. I mean, you talked about Ben Roethlisberger. If you're, it's yeah, it's unfortunate. It's Ray Lewis is on trial for murder. Yeah. I mean, and he got he came back and he played for a very long time after that. Yeah. It's it's rather unfortunate, especially when you see like the NFL posting all this stuff. Like, oh, we do all this different charities and fundraisers they honestly don't care if you're talented enough you'll find your way back onto the field so yeah i mean that's the waiting game i will say for a guy as talented as i said i mean they paid him a lot of money yeah they did five years 230 million fully guaranteed he's getting a 45 million dollar signing bonus yeah uh, that's what that's what happens when uh and obviously, on the front end for this season, his base salary is one million because obviously you're going to see, you know, what kind of, you know, first of all, if he gets suspended, how long? So obviously, if it's a, if it's a long amount of time, that's going to have a major impact on the start of the Brown season. Oh, exactly, very much so. And now I also wonder because Amari Cooper is in his final deal year of the deal. Yeah. So now you got to see about ex- re-signing him, extending him. I mean, Amari Cooper's getting up there, man. I don't know if you're even bringing him back. Well, I mean, if he has, like, a decent season, I'm not saying you're going to give him what the Cowboys gave him. But if he has a decent season, why not? And also, what's kind of under 
or not talked about enough in this trade is that the fact that the Browns were able to keep the second round pick this year mm-hmm. because they're going to need a wide receiver. They're going to need another wide receiver. And staying in the second round, I think it's like pick 44. This is a very deep class. It's not on, on, not only is it top and at the top, but it's also deep through and through. So keeping that second round pick, maybe getting a wide receiver is also big. Yeah. Once again, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of Bengals fans acting like they're not bothered by this, but Cincinnati just got a lot better. Or, excuse me, Cleveland just got a lot better by adding Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they did. Um, a lot better. Very much so. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want, well, I mean, I was never a big fan of Baker in the first place because uh, his personality, I thought he was kind of a, you know, an a-hole. Mm-hmm. But I've heard the same from media. Um, and so, and then his play on the field, it just wasn't good enough. For four years, he was number one overall pick, and that I mean, number one overall pick. Out of it, they got what one playoff win. Now, see, it means a little bit different because it broke a long drought for Cleveland. But somebody did the same for Cincinnati in his second year, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. in Joe Burrow, he's got triple the amount of playoff wins as as Baker Mayfield has. They're both first overall picks. When you're a first overall pick, you have to win, else you're 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 out of there. Right. I mean. Out of four seasons he played, and he only started half of the first year, and it was his best year, so I won't mark that against him. So we'll take the next three. They had two losing, two losing seasons, two of the three years, and he was terrible in both those seasons. Very much so. He was the, especially this past losing season, it was because of him. He could not make the throws that needed to be made to keep this offense competent and keep the pass, or the teams didn't have to keep the passing game honest. They could just stuff the run with Nick Chubb, and Chubb was still a beast. Yeah. Now, yeah, absolutely. No denying that. I mean, great offensive line as well. Mm-hmm. Now, they did just cut their center, which Cincinnati knows, because Cincinnati, as when every offensive lineman hits the free agent market, <laughs> Cincinnati thinks yeah, they... Twitter's blowing up that the Bengals are going to go sign him. Right. Now, there is one that it will be interesting, is the, uh, the guy from New Orleans, because he was Armstead. waiting to see... Yeah, Armstead. Yeah. He was waiting to see if Watson came. So where he goes now is honestly interesting. Yeah. But so they, they cut him. You lost Jarvis Landry. You lost Austin Hooper. But I think that's fine because, honestly, Landry's They resigned contract, Joku, though, right? Yeah. He's shipping the one point all the time. I honestly think cutting Hooper helps that offense immensely. I think Joku's such a more talented player. He is. He's way more I know he's got. I know he's got issues with the drops every now and then. But right. That's what I was going to bring up. Austin Hooper can't get open. That is true, too. But you, you lost Hooper, you lost Landry. Honestly, I mean, Landry, don't get me wrong, really. I mean, Landry did great for what he did at Cleveland. He was waking, making way too much money to stay on the roster even before they talked about the Deshaun Watson trade. He was right. expected to be gone. Yeah. Hooper was making way too much money for not producing at all. No. So you lose. In an offense that heavily wanted to. I mean, they were running two and three tight end sets all the time. Exactly. It, it was like when, they, when Hooper signed with Cleveland, it was like, Oh man, if if Hooper just can get open, I mean he should have a Pro Bowl season. He, well, he, well, he did not get. Well, open. He struggles with the get open part of that. Yeah. So well. <laughs> there's that. So it, I, I just I think the only thing that's now a hole on this team is the linebacker core, and they went and they got some linebackers. So we'll have to see. And if Cincinnati now, you got to be worried about your secondary. Because, I mean, you did sign Eli Apple back yesterday, I believe, mm-hmm. for one 
one year, $4 million. Yeah. I don't know if you can expect him to have the same Let year. you know what his market was, by the way. Right. The fact, I, was, I was surprised, A, that he re-signed with Cincinnati because I thought he was going to get more than $4 million. I thought someone would be dumb enough to pay him. Yeah, you thought someone would bite on it for sure. But right. Nobody did. Uh, I, I don't know if he can have the year he, he did last year. Now, you obviously still have Jesse Bates. He's really good, but your your secondary was kind of a mismatch of players uh, who are trying to remake their name. Yeah, we'll see. Be interesting. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I mean, the division got a lot better today. I mean, the Steelers they always hang around. They're on the solid defense. The Ravens. I mean, they're supposed to be getting healthier this year. I think they've made a couple good signings on the defensive end. Um, really just depends on getting Lamar back healthy for them. Burrow obviously they just won the Super Bowl with the Bengals or went to the Super Bowl, excuse me. And then Cleveland just added. You know, a potential top five quarterback at his best. So, and you can't forget about Pittsburgh's defense. Yeah, either. exactly. Like, I mean, they got T.J. Watt who gets like four sacks a game. So, right. and if uh, oh, what's the running back? Najee, Najee Harris. Harris. Yeah, if they get the O line going. Yeah, yeah. If he starts getting better, they get an O line. I mean, does it even matter if Mitchell Trubisky's your quarterback? No. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got to do another break on the other side. We've we mentioned him a little bit as lack of play, but Baker Mayfield. I mean, you, you would think he's going to get sent somewhere. We're going to figure out and talk about where we think the most likely options are for Baker after the shining of, signing of Deshaun Watson for the Browns today. This is a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 530 on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans 18 to 45 years old. Fentanyl is being mixed illegally with drugs like counterfeit painkillers, heroin, cocaine, and methamphetamine. You cannot see, taste, or smell fentanyl, but there is something you can do to protect others. Naloxone is an FDA-approved medication that works to reverse an opioid overdose, including fentanyl overdose. Learn where to receive free training and naloxone at www.healtogetheroh.org forward slash Athens. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. So the signing of the Sean Watson, one domino falls, and that I mean that makes another one become really interesting because he's not keeping a backup on his fifth-year option. I don't believe, if especially you're going to make eighteen million. Exactly. So Baker Mayfield's got to get sent somewhere with the Sean Watson um, being brought in in a trade by the Cleveland Browns earlier this afternoon. So it should be interesting to see where. I mean, there's obviously a couple teams with need at quarterback in the league. I mean, teams like Seattle, Indianapolis, the Panthers, everybody else. You know, I was trying to make a list, Andrew, in my head of, of places he could land and start right away. Baker Mayfield, that isn't. That's about it. I don't, it, I really don't see it anywhere else that anybody would want him. I mean, at this point, the Colts, you know, they swing and miss on every big quarterback they try to get, or they just don't swing at all, and then they settle for, like, a Carson Wentz slash Baker Mayfield type of player. <laughs> um, so you'd think maybe they'll be in the running. Obviously, them and Jimmy G have been linked a little bit this offseason because that's kind of like the last established quarterback left in the market. And obviously, it just feels like the Colts are a halfway decent quarterback away from, you know, actually making the playoffs and not losing to the Jaguars in the last week of the season. The Panthers... 
Obviously, they need a quarterback. They were linked with Deshaun Watson as well, them and the Saints down in the South, who the Saints also need a quarterback, I guess. They just, I think they're now re- expected to re-sign Jameis. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Jameis, I mean, they, were, they had a winning record at the time. Jameis went out last year. Mm-hmm. So they weren't terrible. I mean, they collapsed once Ian Book and Trevor Simeon started running the show. But I mean, who, who wouldn't, though? But the Panthers are interesting because I just think they're done reaching for quarterbacks. I mean, they, they traded for... Teddy Bridgewater, how she saw that went. Then Sam Darnold, they have P.J. Walker. They signed Cam Newton in the middle of last season. They're all flops. So I don't see them giving up serious draft capital to then take another risk for make for Baker Mayfield. Seattle, I don't know. I feel like them trading Russ was kind of a white flag for this year. Like, eh, it's just not going to be a year. We're just going to try to rebuild. Maybe they'll draft a quarterback, bring in someone like a Teddy Bridgewater or something to fill in. But I don't think they're going to go get a Mayfield. I mean, I really do think the Colts are the most likely option, but, I mean, Andrew, you and I were debating this earlier. I, I don't, I mean, you thought they could get a first round for him. I, I really I was thinking best case scenario. I really don't think so because, at, like you pointed out, the Colts are desperate for a quarterback, but the Browns are just as desperate to unload a guy who's an $18 million cap hit next year who won't see the field. I think the best case, and I told you best case scenario was you get like Seattle and Indianapolis in a bidding war, but like you said, Seattle, they're not really in win now mode. It's so traded for Drew Locke. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you maybe now saying that maybe you can get Carolina and Indy because Matt Roll, let's be honest, if, if he doesn't produce maybe even early in this season, he's going to be gone. And I believe he has at least some player control. Does it become like a, you know, kind of like, I don't know. I can't really quite compare it to Trubisky because they did cut him, but he was signed by the Bills to be a backup. Yeah, he was. I don't think Baker's signing somewhere to be a backup. I was thinking maybe the Giants. They're giving up on Daniel Jones, or they want to bring another guy in to kind of you know maybe spark a competition there. You mean Joe Flacco wasn't? Oh, he was with the Jets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe them too, but I I know Indy. Like you said, they need a they need a quarterback now because that team is way too good to not have a quarterback. Even though I'm not sure Baker will do it. Seems like a failure in the front office, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, Carolina, the only reason I say Carolina may be getting into a bidding war is, like I said, this is Matt Roll is fighting for his career right now. And he's going to try to get right. someone. Are you trusting Baker Mayfield with your career? Who else are you going to trust? I don't know. Maybe trust him hope. over more, more than Sam Darnold? I mean, I think with their real approach is they hope the defense – just plays great the whole year, and they get and McCaffrey healthy for the whole year. <laughs> right. I think that's their hope down there. I think that's their hope. But I mean, I, I think you need someone more than Darnold or uh, Cam Newton to do it. No, uh, I agree. I, I just don't. I guess, unless they get him in a bidding war, I think maybe the best they get is a third round. But if they can get someone into a bidding war, I bet they can get a first round. I don't think anybody's going to a first round. Because like I said, I think... Well, I'm also biased. People, <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. I mean, the other organizations know that how desperate Cleveland is to get rid of him now. That's true. I mean, honestly, I don't think. It's like Amari Cooper. You, They just traded a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. That's also what, of what, at least a top 15, if not 10 receiver in the league. I mean, I think at times he's a bit overrated, but. Yeah, he, uh, I think especially his time with Dallas was not the best to him stats wise and ratings wise yeah 
But, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you just got Amari Cooper for a fifth and swap six or something like that? Yeah. So, uh, if they can get something back, uh, they got to try to get something back so it makes it look like they didn't give up three firsts. Because like I was saying, if they do somehow get a first for Baker, then it looks more like, okay, we traded two firsts, a third, and a fourth for Deshaun. Which seems a lot less than we traded three firsts for him. Well, bring a top talent, Andrew. You got to pay the money or pay the uh, the capital for it. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. It, it, you I'm just shocked they didn't have to lose any players in that, that process. That was huge. I, I, for sure, when I saw the trade go through, and it didn't say. Well, maybe be like, like Hunt attached or right. like Denzel Ward, maybe. That's who I expected to be attached because it didn't say, It said three first round picks and two other assets, and I was like, oh, we had to give up Denzel Ward, didn't we? No. Heck, if uh, Bill O'Brien was still. Bill O'Brien was still the GM. You we could have just traded Hunt straight up. If you, Bill O'Brien was the GM, you guys would have got him. We would have called the about getting is, him. You know, there's no other notable players down in Houston at the moment to yeah. name. That's true. <laughs> so we would have got him, and then I started <laughs> thinking. I was I'm like, I'm going to list oh, like three or four. I was like, I don't know if you want anybody else. Yeah, that is very true. But we would have got maybe their Laramie, second best player. Maybe Laramie Tunzel. He's a free agent this year. Uh, yes. Oh, is he? I think so. I don't think he is. I thought that was when I saw the, one of the Bengals fans. I thought they wanted to trade for him. Oh, was it a trade for him? I, yeah. I saw him pop up in Bengals Twitter. That's yeah, no, why Tun- I Yeah, Tunzel's not a free agent. Okay. So, yeah, we would have got Hunt. Or, no, we would have got Watson and Tun- Tunzel for Hunt straight up if Phil O'Brien was still the GM. Yeah, no picks. You had to throw one first. Maybe. At least one. No, I would hope so. I mean, he Watson was his guy. True. True. What's interesting. So, if you had to guess right now where Baker Mayfield ends up, What's your pick? Uh, probably Indianapolis. I was hoping you said the Panthers. They be different. I mean, I just I said the Colts first. Well, I mean, I I do think he'll end up going to Indianapolis because if he plays, if he plays like he did, I mean, the, the Colts obviously have proven they're they're willing to go a little cheap at the quarterback spot. Right. I think Baker is the definition of cheap at the moment, especially if you compare it. Well, I mean, he's I think Jimmy G's value is probably more than Baker. Obviously, done a lot more winning, but. It seems the ball like the over a heck of a lot less. Seems like the 49ers are content with keeping both Garoppolo and Lance. They might be. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to bench a guy who every time he seems to play, you guys either you know go to the Super Bowl or conference championship. Or I mean, they're never one and done in the playoffs. Right. And is Trey Lance in danger of becoming a Paxton Lynch? I don't think. I mean, Paxton Lynch may be an extreme example. I was example. about to say, I don't think Paxton Lynch was ever expected to be um, a top-flight NFL quarterback. He was like a top-18 pick. So wasn't Johnny Manziel like 22 or something? Well, that's true. However, well, Trubisky expect- was a number-two pick. Everybody was like, what the hell was that? That's fair. Who was, was that? Uh, that was Trubisky and Wentz? Was that the same class? They went no, one and two? no, no, no. Was it? Were they the same year? Wentz and someone went one and two because the Browns traded out of the pick from Philadelphia, and that's where Wentz went. Maybe it was. I thought Trubisky ended up going. I could on have swore Wentz a little older than Trubisky. Well, he year-wise he would be because Wentz had to play four years at North Dakota. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, Trubisky. Oh, Miles Trubisky Garrett. was after Miles Garrett. That's right because there was talk that Hugh Jackson wanted to draft Trubisky instead of Miles Garrett. Yeah. And Cleveland was losing the their mind. The next quarterback drafted was Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Watson. Sean at 12. 
Yeah, the Browns traded out of that pick with Houston. Kind of full circle. Yeah. How about it? Should have just took him. Uh-huh. Would have saved the Baker draft. It would have. We got another good player. You, may, you guys would have got Saquon and Denzel Ward instead. That would have been, uh, been interesting. Then you probably don't draft Nick Chubb in the second round. True. But you would also already have Saquon, but Saquon's never healthy. Well, you could argue it's because he was, I mean, you put him behind that, that good Browns O-line. He might have stayed healthy. Fair. Fair. You don't know who the Bengals' first-round pick was that year? John uh, Ross, number nine. <laughs> the speedster. <laughs> Yikes. That, that, that was before. He's on, he's on the Giants now, isn't he? I think so. That was before Brown handed over the day-to-day operations to his daughter, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say, the Bengals have done an amazing job ever since he handed over. They have dressed their needs well. Reese brought in their long snapper back. Everybody was fired up about that one. Yeah, they, they've re-signed a, a plethora of role players. That's what usually happens when all the Super Bowl teams, when they're a little older, you lose all those role guys, all those kind of glue players. Right. But Cincinnati, having a lot of guys on the uh, on the rookie deal, they're able to bring a lot of those guys back. Yeah. It's going to be fun this year. I mean, it was already going to be pretty fun. I get a kick out of Bengals fans' hatred for Ravens on the on Twitter. I think it's pretty funny. I mean, they, they beat the Ravens by 30 twice last year. You would think it would, wouldn't be worth a debate. Nah, but... You know, it's the division. We don't. No one expects that again this year. They don't expect the Ravens to be as bad as they were. I think some Bengals Lamar. fans do. Well, I mean, there's always delusional fans to every fan base. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Greg Roman's still the OC, so I'm not thrilled. That's true. The I think you guys fired the wrong, wrong coordinator. I think you could have fired both. I just think if you're going to keep one, that's not the one I want to keep. But it'll be interesting to see where Baker Mayfield ends up. This has been the Sports Fam, presented by J and K Contracting. Appreciate you listening. We'll have Ohio State men's basketball on the radio on Sunday. Ranger Allison, I'm Joey Medore signing off. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast.